Check out Unpacking Israeli History podcast. From the history of infamous terror groups, Hamas and Hezbollah, to the story of Nakba, to Israel's disengagement from Gaza in 2005, there's so much to uncover. Unpacking Israeli History cuts through the noise and helps you understand Israel's present through understanding Israel's history. Catch up on previous seasons and enjoy new episodes from Season 6 each week. So, educate yourself. Learn the history behind the headlines. Find Unpacking Israeli History wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Hello, everyone. It's Eves checking in here to let you know that you're going to be hearing two different events in history in this episode, one from me and one from Tracy V. Wilson. They're both good, if I do say so myself. On with the show. Welcome to this day in history class from HowStuffWorks.com and from the desk of Stuff You Missed in History Class. It's the show where we explore the past one day at a time with a quick look at what happened today in history. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Tracy V. Wilson and it's January 9th. The first modern circus was staged for the first time on this day in 1768, although it was not nearly as elaborate as what we would probably call a circus today. Today we think of a circus as a spectacle that happens in a tent or an arena with some combination of clowns, acrobats, beats of daredevilry, and trained animals Although there's a lot of mixing and matching from one circus company to another and from place to place. For example, in some parts of the world, circuses are really likely to have acrobats, but not likely to have trained animals. It really depends. This kind of entertainment, though, goes all the way back to antiquity. The Circus Maximus in Rome, for example, was home to chariot races and public games. It could hold as many as 150,000 spectators. And events at the Circus Maximus often involved a parade of animals, sort of like a circus parade. And then throughout the centuries since then, all around the world, there have been amusements and spectacles that combined various aspects of what we would think of as a circus. But when it comes to the first modern circus, that one from 1768, that credit goes to Philip Astley of England. 
He had been a sergeant major in the cavalry, and he had figured out that if you were on horseback, and if your horse was riding in a very tight circle, that it allowed you to do a number of stunts. So he decided to do some of this in public. This first performance in 1768 had several of the hallmarks of a typical circus today. There was a ring, there was an audience, and there were his feats of daring do. This ring was not his own invention. Other trick riders had been using them for the same purpose that he was, to keep the horse galloping in the correct circle. He did not come up with the name Circus either. That came from a competitor who started up a similar amusement not far away later on. But this first performance of basically riding trickery led to him expanding things. He added in more entertainments and more amusements. He started adding other horseback riders and acrobats and musicians. He added his first clown in 1770. Eventually, he put a roof over the ring and started using it for other kinds of performances as well. He called this Astley's Amphitheater. Astley then went on to open more circuses, and so did other people, including that competitor who coined the name Circus. Circuses started spreading beyond Europe in the late 19th century, including to the United States. John Bill Ricketts was the first to really do multiple types of circus entertainment in the same show at the same venue. He was doing that starting in 1793. So if Philip Astley had just stuck to horsemanship and had not branched out into any other amusements, we probably wouldn't think of him as the father of the modern circus as he's described today. But the fact that he started with his one horse show and then he added in so many other things that became this spectacle with multiple types of amusements uh, working together under one tent or one roof That's why he tends to get the credit now for being the founder or the father of the modern circus. Thanks to Casey Pegram and Chandler Mays for their audio work on this show. You can subscribe to This Day in History class on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, and wherever you get podcasts. Tomorrow we will have a crossing that turned out to be really dramatic. There are some stories in Jewish history that are so bizarre, so fascinating, so completely wild that they feel like they're straight out of a movie, but they're all true stories. Join hosts Yael Steiner and Jonathan Schwab on Jewish History Nerds for a new season of intrigue, mystic realms, and bloody battles. In season three of these podcasts, you'll meet an ancient Arabian king who converted to Judaism in a struggle for power, a mysterious author who created amulets and performed Kabbalistic exorcisms, and a can't-miss story of a female Hasidic Rebbe whose story unfolds like a real-life Yentl to challenge societal norms. Jewish history nerds will keep you on the edge of your seat as you learn all about some of the craziest and most amazing yet largely unknown stories that fill Jewish history books. Find out what happened, how it happened, and why each story still matters today. Don't miss Jewish History Nerds Season 3, hosted by Yael Steiner and Jonathan Schwab. Find Jewish History Nerds wherever you listen to podcasts. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. 
That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Hey y'all, I'm Eves, and welcome to This Day in History class where we uncover a new layer of history every day. The day was January 9th, 1992. Radio astronomers Alexander Volschen and Dale Frail announced the discovery of two planets orbiting the pulsar PSR B1257 plus 12. It was the first confirmed discovery of exoplanets. Exoplanets are planets beyond our solar system. People have thought that there were planets around other stars for centuries, but scientists did not have the tools to detect them, and there was no way to know what extrasolar systems looked like and whether there was life there. Astronomers in the 19th century claimed that they'd seen exoplanets, but their observations were discredited. The first evidence of a possible exoplanet orbiting a white dwarf named Van Manen 2 was recorded in 1917. And in 1988, scientists first proposed the existence of the exoplanet Gamma Cephei AB, but it was not confirmed to be in orbit around the star Gamma Cephei A until 2002. Using the Arecibo Observatory in Puerto Rico, astronomers Volschen and Frail searched for new pulsars. In February of 1990, Volschen discovered a pulsar in the constellation Virgo that spun on its axis 161 times per second for a rotation period of 6.22 milliseconds. The pulsar was called PSR 1257 plus 12, with PSR standing for pulsating source of radio and the following numbers representing the pulsar's right ascension and degrees of declination. Modern conventions prefix older pulsar names with the letter B, since before 1993, pulsars were given names according to their positions in the B1950 coordinate system. Now they're given names based on their position in the J2000 coordinate system. 
but the pulsar had irregularities in its pulsation period. Volschen and Frail discovered that there were at least two planets orbiting PSR B1257 plus 12. The exoplanets were named PSR 1257 plus 12C and PSR 1257 plus 12D, or Poltergeist and Phobator, respectively. Both are around four times as massive as Earth. One has an orbital period of 66.5 days and the other 98.2 days. Because the exoplanets are constantly hit with radiation from the pulsar they're orbiting, they are rocky and cannot support organic life. On January 9, 1992, Frell and Volschen published a paper in the journal Nature announcing their discovery of the two exoplanets. Two years later, Volschen and his colleague Maciej Konacki discovered a third planet in the system. It is less massive than Earth and has an orbital period of 25.3 days. The planets likely formed from matter ejected into space during the supernova explosion that created the pulsar. In 1995, Michel Mayor and Didier Queloz discovered the first known exoplanet orbiting a star similar to the Sun. Since 1992, thousands of exoplanets have been discovered, most of them confirmed by NASA's Kepler Space Telescope using the transit method. The transit method detects exoplanets by measuring the dimming of a star as an orbiting body passes between it and Earth. If the dimming happens at regular intervals and lasts a set amount of time, then it's likely that a planet is orbiting the star. The intensity of the dimming helps scientists determine the size ratio between the star and the planet. Exoplanets have also been discovered using other indirect methods, like the radial velocity method. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. Want to impress your internet crush? Show them your history smarts by sharing something you learned on the show. Don't forget to tag us at Podcast. Our email address is thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks for listening. Merry history to all and to all a good night. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. 
Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today.